0: My name's Philippa. It's great to be back with you again, especially because today is a curious day in the lectionary, the Church of England's Bible reading plan that we've been following along with. You might remember, if you've been tracking along with us, that we've been following along the people of Israel in exile and thinking about their leader, Moses, as he and his special relationship with God. But today, it's almost as if we've skipped right to the end of the movie. And we're looking at this tragic but inevitable end
1: sequence. The death of Moses. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Natali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea, the Negev, the whole region, from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, but to this day no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So Moses,
0: our great hero, who brought the people through the Red Sea, who prayed so that God would send down bread and quail from heaven for the people to eat, who brought down the Ten Commandments and cried out to God to see him in his glory, climbed to the top of a mountain, so that God could show him the whole land he had promised to the people, and then died. God said to him, I've let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Moses had already arranged for Joshua to take on the leadership of the Israelites, and eventually he would be the one to finally lead them into the promised land after 40 years of wandering in the desert. I wanted to tell you a slightly gruesome story about the world's greatest living explorer, Sir Ranulph Fiennes. There he is. He is a British explorer who was the first person to completely cross Antarctica on foot with his companion Mike Stroud. The story I wanted to tell you though is about when Ranulph Fiennes decided he wanted to walk completely on his own to the North Pole. As he was walking across the ice, one of his sleds fell through a weak spot into the freezing water and Fines had to pull them out by hand, which meant he got severe frostbite on the tips of the fingers on his left hand and he had to abandon the attempt. But when he got home, the pain on his fingertips was so extreme that he cut them off himself with an electric saw When we hear Moses' story, it's hard for us to understand why he didn't get to complete what he set out to do, which was to bring the Israelites into the promised land. All of that trouble and heartache with the Israelites, wandering about the desert. And instead, Moses dies, looking out over the very land, but not able to enter it. I wonder how Moses felt about that. In our reading, it said that Moses was the greatest prophet of Israel, that no one performed signs and wonders like he did. And if you had to think of anyone who was one of the heroes of the Bible, Moses would, I'm sure, immediately come to mind. But when I read this, I'm reminded that throughout time, as people have tried to follow God, and live lives that were pleasing to him. Often we have been like this. Just a separate, individually wrapped gingerbread person. So often it's easy for us to fall into the trap of thinking that our mission from God, the adventure he calls us on, is individual to us. We're wrapped up in our own personal lives, in our neighbourhoods or wherever we operate, especially at the moment where most of us aren't travelling as much or able to even really leave our homes very much. It's easy for us to think of ourselves like this, just like a Christian doing this Christian thing in our own way, following God in our own way. I like to think that the story of the Bible shows us that being God's people is different to that. The Bible isn't a collection of stories about heroes of the faith, even though we can often treat it like that. The Bible really comes alive when we remember that it is our story, that we are all part of the story that it tells from the very beginning of creation, stretching all the way in front of us to the future, when Jesus returns and there's a new heaven and a new earth. As God's people, we are all linked in to all of it. So instead of being like this, we're more like this. An endless chain of people all linked together who are part of the story of God's kingdom. That's why when Moses died, it wasn't the end of the people of Israel. Of course they were sad and they mourned their great leader, but then Joshua was appointed by God to continue to lead the people into the promises that God had for them. And on and on it went, linking hundreds of thousands, millions of people throughout time who have listened to God and try to follow his ways. We get to call ourselves God's people. There are no heroes out there on their own doing good things. Everything that God is calling us to do and has been since the beginning of time is linked together. That's what makes us a family. That's why we say we have come together as the family of God in our family prayer at the beginning of our gatherings. That's why we get to call God Father, because we're all part of this amazing linked up story of faithful people, most of whom we'll never even know the names of until we meet them in heaven. So how do we get to be part of this paper chain? How do we get to join in with the exciting adventure of being part of God's adventure? I think you might know what I'm going to say. It's all because of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says this, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. What that means is that we get to live our lives as new people in Christ who have our sins forgiven and we get to call ourselves God's family. And we get to have the ministry of reconciliation, which means we get to show other people in the world what it means to be part of this family. The amazing thing that is so important, but that blows my mind is that when God looks at his family, he doesn't see Jesus and then a load of less good people clinging on to Jesus, who he has to reluctantly love too. When we are in Christ, we are a new creation and we get to become just like Jesus too. So when God looks at his family, he sees this whole bunch of connected people who look and smell and sound just like Jesus, going about the world, showing other people what it means to be on an adventure with God. If you're feeling disconnected today, I want to remind you that you are part of an incredible, ongoing, life-changing adventure with millions of people in the past, present and future. I would love to challenge you. When you read the Bible, when you pray, when you come to church or watch online, you are part of an incredible, connected family who God looks at and sees his beloved son, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we get to be part of your family, that because of Jesus, we get to call you Father. Lord, when we have moments of feeling disconnected from you or from your church, would you show us a bit of your heavenly perspective? Remind us what we're part of and help us to look forward to the time when we can see in full what we only now see in part. Amen.